Hosanna to the King. Someone say, Hosanna to the King. Amen. And I believe today some promises are coming down your dusty road. Amen. And I want to preach that for just a little while. Would you turn to Matthew 21, 1 through 11? Thank you, Brother Don, for serving the people of the Lord today. Hallelujah. 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 I want to dismiss the kids. You can go to Sunday school. Hallelujah. Hope you're joining us online today. I look forward to seeing you out there later today if I get a chance to check in. Matthew 21. Verse 1. If you're there, say amen. All right. Hallelujah. And when they drew nigh into Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, they sent Jesus, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway or right away you shall find a donkey tied and a colt with her or a, a young donkey. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, the Lord hath need of them. There you go. Five words. Head over to Odmar, to the corners of Brookfield, right after church. Hop in any car you want. Find the nicest car. Sit right in if it's unlocked. Get right in there. Wait for the owner to come back and say, let me have your keys. The Lord hath need of them. <laughs> see how that works out for you. Probably, probably going to see some cherries and some blueberries really soon. This is what the Lord said. And straightway or right away, he will send them. This is the word of the Lord. And this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughters of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee meek, and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt and fowl of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought, and brought the donkey and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches, from the trees and strewn them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, what is the word? Hosanna. To the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We ask it to touch our hearts today and minister to us through it. Minister to us through any stories we can share and through any moments that we have to lift up a Hosanna to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're experiencing the word of the Lord that is reiterating the word of the Lord. Literally, the prophecy of God through men of old that wrote not as themselves, but as the Holy Spirit breathed or inspired the word of God. And so we see that there was a precedent that in Zechariah 9.9, I'm not going to go right to that verse right away, but in Zechariah 9.9, it, it set up this particular moment in Scripture where Jesus was going to be riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and the beautiful, the beautiful story of his redemptive entrance and triumphant entrance and that he was going to come and be the Messiah. But here he is, he's sending two disciples saying, 
I'm going to give you a word to go and get the thing that's already been prophesied about. He said, I'm going to send you forth with a word. And so sometimes promises from God need a second word, amen? Sometimes there's a word of prophecy that comes into your life that says this is going to happen. But then there needs to be a second word that says now it's happening. And I want to release a word of prophecy in this house, hopefully by the end of this sermon, that not only is there promises that God has made you prophetically in your life, but I feel like God wants to give a second word in this place today and release that prophecy into your life. Is somebody willing to receive that? Amen. Is someone willing to do a Hosanna and release it and say, Lord, if you want to give me a second word, I'll receive it. Amen. Anybody in the place want to do that? This is, in fact, a moment in history where God's prophetic word meets the, the present day. And so he's actually sending his disciples to go get a donkey. And the collision of prophecy in that present moment is a dusty road promise. Amen. It's a, it's a promise where God is, has been waiting to do something for a long time that he prophesied. And the people knew about it. The people would have read about the coming Messiah. Some were looking for a king to crush the current Roman dominance in, in their culture. Some were maybe even looking for him to come in the clouds. Amen. Everyone say clouds. It says, it talks to us in Daniel about that. Not un, un, it's not unfounded for them because they would look back in the scripture to try to validate through prophecy what was happening in their current day. So these are people, these are one God Jewish people that believe that everything that God wanted to do, he was already. And so he would say what he's going to do, then he would do what he was going to do. Amen? How many know God can tell the enemy what he's going to do and the enemy can't stop it? How many know the Lord can say, I will be crucified, I will be put on a cross, and the enemy will do exactly what the Lord said he will do and not be able to stop the works? And I like the fact that the Lord was able to do that in Scripture because that tells me that whatever he promises over my life, the enemy cannot stop it. Hello, somebody. Good morning, church. I'm so grateful, and I'm so happy, and I'm so excited that even if the enemy knows his plans, the enemy cannot stop his plans for my life. And so maybe some of them were looking up, hoping that Jesus was going to come in the clouds. For Daniel 7 and 13 records these words. They would have known these words. And behold, one like the Son of Man comes came with the clouds of heaven. They could have been looking up for the Messiah, not realizing that he was going to come in on a lowly donkey, notwithstanding the prophetic timeline was for him to first come low, then sit high, amen? That he was going to come in lowly and then raise up to a point of elevation on high. And that is often the same pattern he comes into our life. He starts us with small steps, and brings us up into places that we can handle. If he was to give us an elevator to the places we were going to go, we would look at that and say, I don't have the confidence to do that. I don't have the ability to do that because he needs to start you in a place where you trust him with the things that he's given you and slowly hone your abilities and hone your faith and hone your trust in God. So he always starts you low and takes you high, brothers and sisters. Does someone have that as an example? Can you say amen to that? 
There are times where the Lord will show up in a mighty way, and he is showing up in this passage as the Redeemer, the one who was coming in triumphant. And so while some were looking at a Messiah that would show up in the clouds, they were just like, well, someday he's coming. I don't know when that's going to be, but someday he's coming. And then there was another group. The, the other group was, was the ones that were looking at Zechariah 9.9. Behold, thy king cometh. He says, rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. It's in the passage I just read to you. It's pulled out of Zechariah 9.9. This is the prophecy. Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, the king cometh unto thee. He is a just and he, he is just, and the king cometh unto thee. He is just, having salvation, lowly, and riding on a donkey, upon a colt, the fowl of a donkey. In other words, an unbroke donkey, one that has ne- not been trained and one that has never been ridden upon. That is what he's going to come in on. The chances of that prophecy coming true are very slim. Not only that, but is it not beautiful that in that passage in Zechariah 9.9, it's pulled into the Matthew story because he said there's going to be rejoicing when I come. There's going to be shouting when I come. Sounds like a good church services, doesn't it? There's going to be rejoicing. There's going to be shouting. They're going to be coming to, he's going to be coming into Jerusalem, his people. He's going to come to his people. He's going to have the title of king when he shows up. He doesn't have to prove himself to be king. He's already going to be king when he shows up. Then he's going to have salvation with him. He's going to be coming with salvation. These are the five things God always does in a dusty road promise. Amen. Whenever you have lived lived a long time waiting for a prayer to be answered and waiting for God to do something powerful in your life. And it's become dry and it's become a weary road you walk down. I want you to know that there's going to come a moment whenever God gives a second word and all of a sudden there will be rejoicing with it in your spirit. There will be a shouting that thank God he remembered the prayers I even forgot. Anybody want to help me preach today? Thank God he's going to come to his people even when I am not at my best. He remembers my prayer. He remembers my best moments of faith. And he will show up. He comes to his people. And he will have the authority to do whatever he needs to do when he shows up. And he's come to bring salvation to the moment. Amen, somebody. I want to just drop off this sermon right here and said, if you ever felt the presence of God in a boardroom, if you ever felt the presence of God in your bedroom, if you ever felt the presence of God when you're doing your hair, in the morning in the bathroom. I want you to know that that presence shows up to bring you a rejoicing spirit, to put a shouting back in your heart, to let you know you're his people and to give you an understanding that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords shows up to save. He shows up to save and he's there in that moment to save something in your life. I'm excited about the word of the Lord today. Can you tell? Oh, it's a good Palm Sunday. Look at him lowly, though. He comes in so lowly. He did not come as some would have expected. But he will show up, number one, and he will, number two, fulfill his word. He will show up in your life if you give him space, no matter how long the prayer has been prayed. 
I prayed 30 years for my father to come back to God. 30 years. He just would light a cigarette in my face and talk to me. Loved him half to death. He lived his life however he wanted to. And I couldn't even really talk to him about the Lord. But now, tonight, I'll call him and he'll ask me, how did service go, son? How was the preaching? How did the church feel? There was God moving in the place. You know why? Because God will answer a dusty road promise. If you put something in his hands, he will take care of it better than you can. He is a God who shows up and fulfills his word. And he said, if you will give it to me, I will handle it. He's a God of James 5.13, Jessica. He sure is. If we have trouble and we pray, he will answer. Amen. I'm so grateful for the translation in the scripture that lets me know that even though when I've been looking for something for a long time as they were, from Zechariah 9.9, maybe even Daniel looking to the clouds for a Messiah, that he would show up through time. You may have been searching high and low. I want you to know. You may have been looking in the clouds for Jesus to show up. And maybe you've even been looking low, whatever, Lord. Come however. Do it however you want to do it. If you've been looking high and low, I can tell you there's a promise coming down your dusty road today. I'm releasing it in the name of Jesus. I feel it so strong. I don't even know how to say it any better than you have to expect that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is walking into your life today. And I'm releasing... A second word, not just a prophecy, because I don't know what's been prophesied over your life, but you and I serve the same God, and I can say today he's telling me that there are some dusty, dry, lonely moments, a promise coming to your life, and I know you can expect it. You may have expected it in the cloud. You may have expected it in different places, but Jesus is going to show up riding on a lowly donkey. You may not have expected it that way, but he always shows up to save. Can someone say amen to that? Sarah and I were at district conference. Wisconsin is, is considered a district, the whole state, and this is a men's ministry button that I got at Wisconsin, and I'm just celebrating the state of revival that our state is in, and I really appreciate all that God is doing. And we were, we were just going through the conference, doing what you normally do, and I want to tell you that some old prayers showed up in our life. We've been praying for revival. Some, some had dust settled on them. Some had faith that had winged even in them. But Jesus remembers whenever you pray them. Amen. When you ask in his name, he will hear and he will answer. And so please hear me today. God's going to show up on your dusty road. I don't know what you've been up to or what you've had to endure. I don't know where you've been in the last year and a half. I know everybody has gone through so many other things, but he does fulfill promises. Hear me, number one, he does fulfill promises. Number two, he does bring clarity when he comes in. And number three, he shows up to save. If you, if you see him, he's saving. If you feel him, he's saving. If you sense him, he's saving. And we started sensing him in this conference in a very real way way because I know that he comes to save, heal, and deliver. So my, my wife was just having one of those moments, one of those low mo moments where you have no real busy schedule. You're just, you're having some downtime. Everybody say downtime. How many love a little downtime? How many like the, the sectional and the family room and you have a little downtime? 
She was having some downtime, but she had to run to check in with one of the leaders, the woman's president of the state of Wisconsin. And so she went down a hallway that we weren't even going down. We, we don't even go down that hallway at the conference center. And I'm, I'm in the room, and service is coming at 4 o'clock. And Sarah goes to check in to make sure she's got a schedule right with the president because she's on the ladies' team for the state of Wisconsin. And she's standing there checking to make sure she has the right room number because there's a room number for for something A and for something B. Same room number, but there's an A and B suite. And she couldn't remember which one, didn't want to knock on the wrong door. And so she's checking her phone, and she notices there's one of the servers, one of the room cleaners standing right there to her right. And, of course, as my wife is, she's always so pleasant. She goes, oh, hi, how are you? And she strikes up a conversation with Kim. And Kim had no reason to be there except for that she was waiting for one of the rooms to clear so she could go in and clean. And her, Sarah and I have been praying for revival to hit our lives in a long time. And sometimes it shows up in ways you don't expect it. Amen? And so Kim is standing there, and they strike up a conversation. And, she, and Kim asks Sarah, are you, are you guys with a church group? And Sarah said, yes, actually, we are with a church group here. She goes, I could feel it in the hotel. I could feel it. I knew there was something different about this group. You guys are one of the nicest groups we've ever served. And my wife was like, oh, thank you. That's so kind. And she began to talk to her, and she said, I used to go to church. It would be so much easier for you to share this story. Would you like to share it? Come on up and share it. Would you guys give my wife a big hand? Because she was the one that had all this intel. I don't have all the points. She asked, are you spirit-filled? And the reason she asked that is because she had had experience long ago in a Pentecostal church as a child, she had been filled with the Spirit of God, and so she recognized her spirit, the spirit that still lived within her, recognized the spirit that lives within, within us. And so she said, are you spirit-filled? And I said, yes. I said, are you spirit-filled? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, do you go to church? What? She said, I haven't been to church in a long time. She said, but I like what I feel here. And I said, what time do you get off work? <laughs> and she was getting off work in an hour. We had service starting in an hour and a half. I said, if you would like to come to the service tonight, I guarantee the Holy Ghost will be there. I said, just come with me and be my guest. Now, this, this conference is it's a ballroom full of preachers. And here's little Kim. <laughs> and, but it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. And she met me at the front door, and she came to that service that night, and the Holy Ghost fell on her once again, and we had an opportunity to pray over her. She was reaching to God from the moment the service started. She was worshiping and praising and raising her hands and crying, and the Lord touched her once again. And she was uh, refilled, if you will, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and she had a great experience. Now, here's the other part of the story. She was, we just happened to sit next to um, Kevin and Kara Pace, and uh, they are, he is one of the pastor's sons at the Fond du Lac Church, and we just happened to sit next to them, and she and Kara had a little connection moment, and um, I found out, which I didn't know before that, that she lived she lives in Fond du Lac. So I'm like, oh, 
well, how about that? And then Sister Pace, I got her eye. I said, come back here. So I introduced uh, her to the Paces, and they are inviting her to come this Sunday morning. She said she's going to be in church there at the Fond du Lac Church. And I was making that connection point with them. So Sister Pace was exchanging phone numbers with her. And when she gave her the phone number, her phone number was already in Sister Pace's phone. God had started this connection years ago. If you remember, if you know the story, the Paces were in a terrible car accident. Sister Pace had many months of, of recovery, and she actually was having to wean off of the heavy drugs that had been going through her body. And so she was working with this health food store, and she had connection with the people at the health food store. And this lady, Kim, had worked there and had exchanged numbers with Sister Pace years before with no idea that they would have a connection point this week, a connection point that now this lady was ready to receive from. You talk about a long road. You talk about a dusty road promise. There was, there was something set up in her life years before, and God made all those connections happen in a matter of about an hour's worth of time. And while we were in the service, we just saw God do something so amazing. I'm looking for Dusty Road promises like that to be fulfilled in somebody's life. Something God started a long time ago is about to set into somebody's life. I don't know if you can believe that with me, but I believe it with every fiber of my being. I don't care how it gets here. I don't care how God chooses to do it. I'm going to celebrate it when it shows up, and I'm going to celebrate them when they show up. I don't care what they look like, or what they've come through, or who they say they are, or what labels from the world they're wearing when they show. Oh, somebody should help me preach right now, because that's what the church is all about. We should welcome them in, and pray over them, and watch God do all the connections that he's been working on. Praying for revival might mean that your boss asks you a question about Jesus. Praying for revival might mean that you strike up a conversation with someone at a gas pump. Praying for revival might mean that a distant relative calls you back and asks you some questions about your post online because you've been doing your best to share the word of God in a public form. Praying might mean, or dusty road promises might mean that someone in your life loved in your circle or your realm or sphere of influence would have a change in their heart and would see God in you or see God through something you say. God could do a dusty road promise in your life. Are we going to see more of his glory in this last day? I believe it. I believe it. I believe he has come in low and he's going to show himself glorious. Amen? I believe we can look for him in small places, but when we see him, it's going to be a quick return on the promises of God. It wasn't just an hour that it took for us to have Kim make all those connections. That was years that God was working on her life, and it all happened in a quick moment. I believe God's going to do a quick work. Anybody know that scripture? God can do a quick work. And there's hours, years, months, days that he's been working on somebody's life and he's about to do it quickly. Amen. I believe that. 
Brother Gaddy was preaching, and he shared a story, and I'll just share it with you. You can hear him say it, and maybe in a much better way by wherever they streamed that service to. I don't even know where it went. Maybe Madagascar. I don't know. But he was telling a story about preaching in a location in Chico, California. I've been to Chico. I kind of know where that's at. And the pastor of the church had him come and preach that Sunday morning, and he came on the platform, and he said the pastor was just a mammoth of a man. He's like, I'm standing, he just dwarfed him standing next to him, and he's like, he's like, I was standing there thinking, look at what all these people are seeing, just a tiny little man and this giant of a man, the pastor of the church. And, and he noticed as the church was worshiping, he said this was one of those kind of churches where, you, you know the kind of church, where how people sit on the seats determines the kind of church they are. Like if I had a chair up here and I was sitting on the edge of the seat, you can tell they're, they're a helicopter church, right? You say amen and everybody's, whoa, let's, let's go, pastor. You know, those, one of those kind of churches. He said that's the kind of church he showed up in, a helicopter church. The worship band starts and everybody starts running and praising. He's like, that's the kind of church I was in that Sunday morning. He goes, and, and it wouldn't matter what you said. He, you could say Kroger's or Pick and Save is having blueberries on sale, and somebody would get up, let's go, let's praise God. It wouldn't matter. It, it was just that kind of church. And so it was very obvious the four boys sitting in the back on the left that were completely leaned back and reclined as, as far as they could recline in the chairs. They were, doing, they were doing one of these numbers like, oh, God, I can't even believe I got to endure this. And there, there were just the attitude coming from the back left corner, he said. And the pastor looked at him and said, you see those boys right there? And he pointed them out. This is morning service. I mean, e helicopter church. Everything is, someone over here is spinning a circle, you know, with their arm. And someone over here is dancing in circles. And things are just going crazy. And the pastor points them out. He said, you see those boys right there? He goes, probably noticed that they're not really engaged. <laughs> He's like, yeah. He goes, well, let me tell you the story about those boys. He goes, Friday night, I was woken up at 2 in the morning with a motor sound of something driving in the front parking lot of the parsonage. He lives in the parsonage off the church, and they had just sodded the front lawn of the, of the parsonage in the church. And he woke up to a truck full of four guys spinning donuts in that brand new sod, just throwing grass everywhere. And, and he, he said, now this pastor is not really, uh, you know, there's sane pastors, there's normal pastors, and then there's this pastor. And the reason why he said that is because he came and ripped open the front door of the parsonage and said, hey! And these boys heard him from the truck, and they were so startled that they, like, gear shifted wrong and tried to take off. And now he's at the front door. Reference previous, not saying pastor. And all he has on is his pajama pants. No shoes, no shirt. And he says, babe, throw me the keys. <laughs> he grabs the keys to his truck. He jumps in and takes off after the four boys in the truck to chase them down. Remember, no shirt, no shoes, okay? He's not really in, in, the, in, a, in a place where he should be running through public streets, but he chased them anyways. They ended up losing him, so he came home pretty dejected, and he's like, ah, I lost him. About 10 minutes later, his phone rings, and it's the local police officer, Chico County Sheriff's, and they said, did you happen to have anything going on in the front lawn of the church or your parsonage just a little while ago? He's like, uh, as a matter of fact, yes. And he's like, well, we caught four boys, and they've confessed to what they did. 
He said, would you like to come down and, and uh, press charges? He's like, I'll be right there. Now, so then he went and put a shirt on and shoes, and he went to the police station, and he met these boys, and when he got there, he said they were all lined up and doing one of these numbers. And he said, he asked them, well, boys, what were you thinking when you tore up the front lawn of the church? And he said they just got a few mumbles out. Fun. <laughs> it was basically all they got. We were having fun. And so finally he says to the police officer, he says, I'm not going to press charges, but I have two requirements. Number one, tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, all four of your boys, all four of you boys will be at the church at 8 a.m. and I'm going to have sod delivered and you're going to resod that whole front lawn. And then number two, you have to be in church Sunday morning or Sunday night service this week. You choose Sunday morning or Sunday night. Well, they came Sunday morning. And this was the four that were in the very back left area of the church, totally reclined as far as they could go. Because church wasn't a decision for them. They didn't choose to be in church. Nobody invited them to church. It wasn't Palm Sunday, let's get excited because Jesus triumphant entry. They were in church because it was a punishment. <laughs> they were here because they were being punished. And so the setup was that they would not engage at all. But then Brother Gurley began to, or Brother Gaddy began to preach. And he was preaching and the Lord began to move. And whenever they got to the altar call, when he, when he opened the altar and said, why don't you come and why don't you give your life to the Lord, he expected all those four in the back row that were staring and counting ceiling tiles the whole service to get up and to hard pivot and head for the door because they're done. Their punishment's over. They sat through the service. But instead, there was this one who was the leader. You know there's always a leader of the bunch, right? There's one that was a leader, and instead of turning and going toward the door, he turned and came down to the altar, and he was standing in the altar, and the Holy Ghost hit him so strong that he had laid him over, and he was laying down on the floor, and he was just shaking. About 15 minutes after he had been filled with the Holy Ghost, he got up, and he was sitting in the chair right over there, and Brother Gaddy said he was just doing one of these numbers just shaking, just under the power of the Holy Ghost. And Brother Gaddy went over to him and said, hey, bud, <laughs> how you feeling? And he goes, I have been sauced. He goes, I have been hammered out of my mind. I have been smashed. I have been through every illicit relationship you can imagine, but I have never felt anything like that in my life. He goes, I want whatever you're selling, preacher. I want whatever this is. And that was the day that a dusty road promise rode in on a donkey in his life. It didn't, he didn't think it was going to be a punishment that got him the promise of the Father. But it was his punishment that turned around into a moment of the power of God. And we know that promise for Acts 1, 1 through 5 tells us that this is, this is a beautiful passage of Scripture. For the former treatise that I made, O Theophilus, that's a baby name name for 2021. If anybody's interested, you can name your boy Theophilus this year. Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, this is what happened to him that day until the day in which he was taken up after that through the Holy Ghost. He had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Next verse. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. Everybody say passion. passion. 
That's what we're going into, the Passion Week. He showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. He proved it by miracle signs and wonders being seen of them 40 days and speaking of them the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Next verse. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise, there it is, of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, ye have heard of who? Me. I am that one that gave you that promise. I am the one that fulfills that promise. I am the one that's going to bring that promise to you. It's going to be. It's the one you heard of me and it came from the Father. So we understand that the Father came through the Son and the Son also gave us the understanding that his blood applied is where we find the promise fulfilled and we live out that Acts 1 and 5. Every time we say God bring me a promise come in any way you want to I don't care if that promise is sitting on a donkey. I don't care how that promise shows up in my life. I want every single dry, dusty road promise I've ever prayed. Every moment I've ever pushed a plate back and had hunger pains. Every moment I've ever crawled into my prayer closet when I didn't want to be there. When my flesh said roll over and hit the snooze button. But I crawled in anyways. I pray today that every dusty road promise I believe for when every cell in my body didn't want to do something and I did it in faith anyways, I want those promises, however they're going to show up, I claim them today. God, release it in this house today. God, release it in this house today. I pray for the promise of the Father to hit somebody today and let them be reminded that you can show up how you want to. You can desire us to come to you how you want to from places we didn't expect he rides in with a prophetic word being fulfilled in our life. And today is that day, brothers and sisters. Would you stand to your feet? I'm done preaching. I want the power of God to hit this room. Lift your hands and make your hands palm branches today. If you are comfortable with the praise, lift it to your lips. Help me, musicians, whoever's coming. Could because today we need to have a move of the Holy Ghost. Today we need to have a move of the Holy Ghost that says, I agree with the preached word. I agree with the promise. If he can take a drug addict, if he can take an alcoholic, if he can take a gang member, if he can take a leader of a gang and put him in a pew after filling him with his spirit and change his entire life, then God can do anything in us that release him to do it. If he can take someone who's resisting to him and fill him with his spirit, then what can he do with us who are saying, Lord, come today. Come into my life just as you did in Jerusalem. Come today. Come and be with us, Lord Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me right now? I pray that every promise that has fulfilled its time is ready to come into pass, that's ready to walk down that dusty road, that there is a spirit of Hosanna in somebody today day that says, Lord, I receive it. I'll take off any garment. I'll take off anything from my past. I'll take off anything from the present, and I'll lay it at the feet of that promise, and I'll say, it's all yours, Jesus. I'll wave palm branches in the air, and I'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I believe it right now. Would you lift your hands to the Lord, and would you receive it? Would you receive it? If you have faith to receive it, would you receive it right now in the name of Jesus? Lord, we believe Leave. 
We believe. We believe. This is not emotional hype. This is real stuff. It changes life. It changes hearts. There are real promises in this room. I believe there's a Kim that has had many years of God doing something that's going to be released right now in this altar call. I'm going to give an altar call. Musicians are going to begin to play, but as they do, I'm going to give an altar call. And if you're online and you're watching online right now, I believe God's releasing something in your life that has been years in the making. Come on, lift your hands and say, Lord, I receive anything that's been years in the making. And would you come to this altar right now? Would you come to this altar right now? With If your hands are lifted, if you're willing to, would you come with your hands lifted and say, Lord, I receive anything that's years in the making. I receive it all, years in the making. Anything that you've been working on, Jesus, I give you Hosanna for it. I say, come and bring it to my life. Anybody that wants to come, this altar's open. I am going to keep preaching until we see the power of God come down. I'm going to keep preaching until I see the promise of God in this place. I'm going to keep preaching until I see miracles, signs, and wonders in my brother's and sister's life. I'm going to keep praying until my brother-in-law recovers from every stroke of reaction that he's had. I'm going to keep praying until I see everything that God has done. I've watched 30-year 30 30-year 30 prayers be answered in five minutes. I've watched it happen. You can have it right now. There's hands lifted all over this room. Go ahead and sing, but we're going to worship God together in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands, everyone in the room. Do it as an act of submission to God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we're going to sing Hosanna together. Let's make Hosanna lifted up in this room. Hallelujah, Chief. We lift you up, Jesus. Hosanna to you. Every long-awaited promise I pray right now come to pass. Every long-awaited promise come to pass. In somebody's heart and life right now. In somebody's heart and life right now in the name of Jesus. Every long-awaited promise. Hosanna. 